0: Hello and welcome into Winging It, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm your host, Annie Finberg. As always, joined by number 15, Mr. Vince Carter.
1: What up? Oh, VC's in the house. What up?
0: <laughs> We're still sitting in our houses in Atlanta, Georgia. We got some exciting news. Vince, do you want to personally announce your news? Because I feel like you didn't get to.
1: Oh, work, I work for ESPN now, officially.
0: Woohoo! We're- Vince has officially taken his next step into the broadcast world working for ESPN. Yeah, man. I'm trying to come to you with like a pitch of like it's going to be like called like Vince Nanny, you know, every Tuesday mornings maybe. I think it's going to be great.
1: <laughs> you in mornings? Come on, stop.
0: Okay, Tuesday evenings. <laughs> we'll talk about hoops, pop culture. I think it's great. I'll have it to you by the end of the week. But anyway, we're very happy for Vince. He'll be Coming to a TV near you, I'm sure he already is, but officially for ESPN. So congratulations, Vince. I can't wait to be your co-host on a future ESPN TV
1: show. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> I got to get one first. But no, uh, I tell you, it's it's, uh, it's you no, know, it's been fun. I've put a lot of work in for a long time. Shout out to Sportscaster U. Sportscaster U is something I, I started with. That was 2011 uh, as something that I was just looking into and just kind of seeing if I enjoyed it. And I had a great week, uh, learned a lot, sat down with some great people. Shout out to my guy, Gary Madeline, uh, G Matt, you know, had a great t- conversations with him over the years after that, just helping me and just giving me some words of encouragement, wisdom and his thoughts every time I do some work during the summer. So yeah, nine years later, um, you know, it's it's like a real it's like my job now it's like Pretty actually
0: cool. your job it's not just yeah. like a summer thing like you are on espn full-time yeah, as man. an analyst
1: i've been doing get up and first take right now um in the mornings and it's literally get up
0: early yes yeah, what time
1: 7 30 is usually going down I'm, I'm, i usually we go live at eight but about 7 30 7 45 i'm doing a little study and kind of so on and so forth. So it's been fun. Uh, like I said, it's, it's something I've been doing for a while. So the transition, it's seamless because like I said, it's it's, it's kind of like stepping into like it. Be, it's like now stepping into the world for real. Uh, I had a lot of practice runs where I'm comfortable and it's not like I was like, oh, man, I don't know what it's going to be like. I knew exactly yeah. what it's going to be like.
0: You've been practicing for years, just like basketball. Yeah, man. I have, I have to ask you a question. I'm just curious. I know a lot of men on TV do this. Do you wear makeup for TV?
1: No, not right now. We don't have to, you know, they kind of give you the quote unquote option. And um, I opt out of that deal.
0: Oh, So you unlike know. Renee Montgomery, you are not getting your face beat oh, no, in the mornings. Uh,
1: she got it down, buddy. She got she it down. She sure
0: does. She was she, looking she bomb. Had it, yeah.
1: But for me, it's just, uh, you know, good lighting.
0: It's all you need. <laughs> when you're half man, half amazing, you don't need any makeup. Okay, so for this episode, we are doing some fan Q&As. Um, you know, we want to give you guys access to Vince as much as possible and the ability to ask him questions. So we got questions from you guys on Twitter, um, Instagram, my Instagram. So we are excited to jump right in. I'm just going to do this popcorn style. If you don't have an answer to a question, we'll skip to the next one. Boss. Here we go. So this is from Twitter. Ryan wants to know, do you recall a time in your career where it felt like the best team didn't win the championship?
1: Uh, that's 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 a tough, tough one to answer. I mean, I think when you're talking about a seven game series, I feel like that that question is loaded because you know, you can think about some championships were won by teams where players were injured on the other team and you know they found a way to win, but that doesn't mean, I mean, it means much to some people, but I mean, that's that's tough, that's tough to answer because I mean, and the reality is, yeah, yeah, I mean. It's unfortunate that a star player goes down. It's unfortunate that, you know, whatever the case may be, that's the card you are dealt with, and they still have to close the deal. You know what I'm saying? Just because a situation like that happens, when you're the other team, you still got to find a way to get it done. It's not going to be a cakewalk. So we've seen in history uh, guys go down, but I don't care. I guarantee they they got that 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 ring and they're like, all right,
0: don't matter. Y'all can,
1: y'all can debate this all you want. Championship is a championship.
0: Speaking of rings, Kansas City Chiefs got their Super Bowl rings. Did you see it so beautiful. My oh
1: heart. yeah, yeah, I didn't see it.
0: It's really nice. I wish I could get one, but I'm sure they're like thousands of dollars. Next question, Vince. What is the angriest you've ever remember yourself getting during a game, and why?
1: I mean, there's plenty of times, like I said, over you're, talk, you're thinking over the course of 22 years, um, one of the angriest that I've, I've been for sure uh, that I can think of comes to mind was uh, playing against the Spurs in Jersey, and I was I was rolling, rolling. I took a jump shot out of transition. I want to say it was transition and landed on Bruce Bowen's foot. You know, he, he was known to kind of. Foot accidentally end up under you type thing, and I rolled my ankle, and I got up and I had bad intentions for sure. Uh, <laughs> and shout out to Courtney Kirkland, the referee who ran me down and tackled me before I did something crazy. Tackled, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. I got We. Oh, we, uh, well, I got ejected. Did he get it? <laughs> I, I I'm not sure if he got. Ejected. I know I got ejected for sure. It's like well, you know when you're playing well. And your role obviously, you want to have the best night you can but you just want to be healthy and when you get injured if you can watch when guys get injured you see a high level of Pistivity. yeah there you go i mean guys get you know you just because you get you think of rehab the pain all of that all of that comes out right there it's like gosh you're looking forward to it so you sometimes you, you know you hope you can bounce right back but sometimes you can't and I got ejected
0: can you remember, like in the 10s or 20s, how many times you feel like you've been ejected from games? Like round numbers 20,
1: 30. Dang. Five.
0: <laughs> five.
1: Three. Five. Yeah, three.
0: Dang. Not that many. Three times.
1: Not that many. Two, like, I'm thinking three. I, I remember that one for sure. And like, I kind of remember being ejected a couple of times, but it's kind of blurry. Mm. But it's, it's only, as, like, has it has a lot
0: of rage. Yeah. Yeah. Behind the ejection,
1: uh, and and then you know, I feel like maybe I've have I ever, I can't, I'm not sure if I got the double technical thing. I mean, because you're ejected after two technicals, you right.
0: know. Well, you are not the Morris twins, so you don't get ejected often.
1: No, nah, not not often. I didn't get ejected often, but you know, I, I earn the respect uh, of a lot of referees over the years. Where we've had arguments, but you know, kind of talked it out. And you know, at the same time you learn over the years the referees and how far you can go before you cross the line, you well, before they deem you crossing the line with them. you know some referees are a little more sensitive than others. It's, it's, it's kind of weird to me because I look at <laughs> uh, I look at the newer referees, the I want to say new when I say you young and newer referees and then look, the older referees, those are the ones that I think for the, well, the new ones for sure. They're trying to establish themselves. So sometimes, you know, they, they tend to fight back with, with the technical. One of my, I can't, one of my friends from home who's a referee. Uh, I don't know if that's, I'm not a player anymore. Oh, shoot. One of my, my referee <laughs> friends, uh, Eric Lewis, uh, he's a referee. He's from my hometown, went to the same high school the whole night, wore 15 before I did. He's a couple years older than me. He, he, you know, when he got in the league as a referee, um, excuse me, an official, he was aggressive. You know, he was like, he's gonna fight back. There's a couple of times we've gotten into it. And it's funny, like hearing our friends talk from hometown when we text each other. But you know, and, and like, oh, we y'all actually going to go at it, you know? But I told <laughs> you know he's had something like right, man. I'll see you when we get home. You know, <laughs> chill out. But for him, you know, it's 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 kind of weird dynamic because we're friends. He he comes and speaks to my campers as a, an official and what he sees and kind of how he sees it at, on that side and what he goes through as as the villain, if
0: mm-hmm. you would.
1: Um, but. You know, he had to worry, and I didn't think about this for a long time, but he had to kind of worry about not coming off, not really the fans, because I don't think there's many people who knew we were, you know, we are from the same town or hometown or anything, but his peers and, you know, all the other officials, they had to, he didn't want to come off showing any favoritism, Yeah, giving me calls, because he darn sure didn't give me any calls. <laughs> uh, I'll be the first to tell you that now. They can investigate all you want. That dude did not give me any calls. And we argue about that typically in the summer. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I get mad at him and he get mad at me. He barked back. I'm like,
0: oh, okay. All right, bro, he's up, man.
1: So, so, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's yeah, that was cool.
0: Yeah. I will say watching you guys play you clearly have earned the respect of the of the refs or the officials because you freaking don't stop talking to them. Like after every call I see you talking and I'm like if this was anyone but a 22 year veteran Vince Carter like they would have been out of here They're but out I they definitely
1: like, got a technical.
0: Like <laughs> you you've gained their respect and they yeah. know that like it's all in, you know, not good fun but they they listen.
1: It's all in competition and 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 for sure it starts off as a spat and it ends up in conversation. You know, our levels are higher than normal, but it's still conversation. Yeah. And sometimes we agree, and sometimes we agree to disagree. And, you know, that's more so the conversation. And, you know, it, it gets to sometimes they're, like, letting me know whatever, whatever. Sometimes I'm letting them know, oh, I know, I know what's going on, too. You know, I don't know the entire rule book. but I know it pretty, <laughs> you know, fairly well to where I can, you know. Speak, uh, speak on situations, and you know. Sometimes we have we ask questions, and sometimes you try to talk to them, and they get mad and sensitive, and that's when we kind of.
0: And really quickly, yes or no? Do you think punching the air is a technical foul?
1: So that's a, that's an argument I have with them a lot, a lot of times because my boy, two faux mode
0: That's his favorite. You that know, is, when you see the fist, yeah, and he's, gone. He, he's, he's gone. out
1: of there. You know, so it's just. Off a of field and you know, I, I was like, you gotta, you gotta allow athletes to 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 have emotions emotion in the game, and show their emotion. Excuse me, in the game, and because a lot of these guys come from rough backgrounds, and you know, we have to allow our emotions to show. And some guys who don't, they're just fiery dudes, and you're allowed to show your emotion. And I, I always felt if you threw the fist in the air away from the referees. That's you having your moment, but right. not at you showing you up. And sometimes, you know, I I say I say this. <laughs> some some referees, I will just say some referees understood it, and some referees felt that you were still trying to show them up. But I'm like, even if I, I was, I didn't. It wasn't directed at you, right? You know, people talk about you sometimes, but they don't have the the guts to talk about you in your face. Yeah. So they go away. I, it's kind of the kind of same concept, in my opinion.
0: Um, moving on, we have producer John's friend, Angelo, Biggie or Tupac? Also, what were some of your go-to songs in your pregame playlist to pump you up?
1: Biggie first, but I listen to Tupac as well. I'm definitely a Biggie Biggie fan. And what do I listen to when <laughs> over the over the course of my career? Because it's changed.
0: <laughs> over 22 years. Let's just say this past couple of years at the Hawks.
1: Well, no, I mean, actually, some of the music still hasn't changed. I mean, if you listen... Uh, and this, I listen. I did listen to some of the new artists. Obviously, being here in Atlanta, you know, uh, I, I, I listen. Obviously, being here in Atlanta, I listened to a lot of uh, the the artists here locally. But I mean, I was always an Outkast fan. I was always a, a Goody Mob fan, and GZT, I, I mean, I guess I'm naming, uh, and I'm just naming these people, realizing it's right here in Atlanta. <laughs> I was a Wu Tang fan. I was a Mystical fan, Biggie, uh, obviously Jay. Uh, so I was uh, I was over the place. I never really. I mean, I I think I'm I'm a Mystical fan, and I've always been a Mystical fan. I just
0: I have a question about Mystical later on, so stay there.
1: Um, it just I, I, my mood ch- changed. It just depends on the situation. Sometimes if I was overhyped for a game and just up and too antsy, I I try to listen to something, some some mellow, some R and B type music or, or whatever, and if I was kind of, you know, I don't know, my mood changed with music, so all of those artists that I named, plus a bunch more, I listened to, especially as a young guy now, I mean, I'm big into, you know, what what, what is considered old school, but I, I listened to T.I., Jeezy, like all, pretty much all those guys that I'm listening to right now, that's what I listen to lately as a young guy, that's kind of put me in that 2000, my Toronto days, my Jer- Toronto, the Jersey days, when things were rolling, rolling. Like, for real, for real. That's what I was listening to for motivation. Literally, T.I. saw motivation.
0: Okay, Keesman Phil wants to know, how often over the years did you experience racism from fans in arenas like Russ did in Utah? And has that dynamic seemed to change over 20 years?
1: You know, we're, we're seeing the same old thing. Things haven't changed. It's just we're seeing more of it because of, the great camera phone. I had an experience in college at Clemson and I had an experience at Utah. One, uh, I was taking the ball out of Clemson, one of the kids. I was like, what? What he said or whatever. And I was like, so I threw the ball in. I looked back. I turned back. He said what he said. I turned back. I was like, have you seen your team? (laughs) Your entire team or whatnot. So, you know, you can kind of fill in the blanks there and at Utah and I was in Dallas, we had a situation. It was a incident on the court and I got subbed out of the game and the incident happened or I I felt like I was on the court. I was on the court. So yeah, it it was kind of the incident happened. We're going to the side side sideline and, you know, they're going to the monitor, figuring it out. And, you know, you hear all the people saying whatever. And I remember hearing, watching, we're looking at the face. I'm just sitting there like, Whatever, man. Uh, okay, you know, just listen, listen, pay attention. So she's focused on the court, but don't really see us, you know, looking in the stands. And she said what she said, and I heard it. I saw her. I heard it. Uh, Two or three of us heard it, and one of our trainers, our head trainer, saw it, and he went ballistic. He's white. Ballistic. I'm talking about. He wanted her immediately. Removed from the arena. And her the funniest part of this is that they're watching the game. She's, I mean, she's whatever, reacting to the game. The husband's sitting there kind of watching the game, just watching with his head. And when all this was happening, he was just kind of like stone-faced, like, I know nothing of what's going yeah. on. Because he was like, I'm not trying to go home tonight. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to finish this I game. I
0: want no part of this.
1: Oh, man. So And, and she denied it uh that she didn't say that or you know call you know one of the guys when she called them or whatnot and uh so yeah i mean and, and you know living in the south outside of basketball i want to answer that because you go through it being a tall black man in the south sometimes i've been in the elevator sometimes when with, with people older women ladies if you would and you can feel the tension you can feel how uncomfortable they are and you 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 notice first thing i notice is the clutching of the purse and it kind of makes me laugh you know because being a tall person when you're you know you're the tall person in, in this basketball world i'm not really the tall person but whenever i walk into a, on an elevator depends it depends on the situation how i'm feeling sometimes if i feel like you're walking the back of the, the elevator everybody's like hey that's instead of you know, or I, I typically get into in the elevator and I stand in the front. Everybody behind me, because of some of the situations, you go get in the elevator. You walk in the back, tall guy in the back. You don't want to look like this, but you can kind of feel like, oh god, this. I feel somebody standing over me. You can't help it. So it it just makes me laugh. It made me laugh. You know, sometimes and when I see it, it just makes me laugh. So typically, I get on the elevator and I go in the front. But it I mean, it it, bother, it Used to bother me. Like man, I don't want.
0: I don't want your damn purse. You're like, you know I'm a millionaire, right?
1: In my mind. In my mind, sometimes it's like, ma'am, I can buy you two of those. You know, it it was, it it used to bother me like that. Yeah. You know, know, it's like, I'm not, uh, uh, you're a (laughs) non-factor in this situation right now. I I just want this elevator to get to wherever I'm going, be out of here. So y'all don't bother me. You did so? And and then it it went from that to just like, you, you started looking for it. And it, it, when it didn't happen, it was like, oh, shit, okay. All good. Have a mm-hmm. nice day, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, oh, everybody in here for that matter. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm still aware of it. It's just a natural habit. Yeah. You just look for it. You know, I don't, you know, I mind my business, but, you know, I, I, the other person is who's in there, if you don't know them, you don't know that you're minding your business. You always right. assume the worst.
0: I will say the few times I've been on the elevator with you when we've been on the road or whatever, it seems like normally, and we're in NBA City, so it's a little different, but it seems like people are normally like, holy shit, that's Vince Carter. Like, they, they do the, like, I like to watch them squirm because they're like...
1: But And I usually sit in the, uh, stand in the front and like, you could hear yeah. it, you could... Hear, you
0: could <laughs> 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 is that him? Just, it's him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hilarious. Oh,
0: I love it. Oh my god, I miss traveling. I miss traveling. I miss getting on the plane. Oh, those were the good old days. One thing I did want to say when you we're talking about Clemson is I don't know who originally wrote the post, but I saw that post going on on Instagram and they're talking about, you know, you can't, you know, as a racist person, you can't choose to say roll tide and, you know, love your team and love your football team. But then outside of that, you're racist like that. Just because you love your football team doesn't mean you're not racist. So you can't choose to love them in one one spot and then hate them on the other. So I thought that was yeah. interesting. I had
1: one other interesting I just thought about in Boston.
0: Really? Oh, yeah. Boston's pretty bad. Boston is bad. It,
1: yeah, had my, my, my boy um was kind of there listening too. Like, it was just crazy. He was just like, you know, he had a few drinks too. He was just like, I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying to be cool. <laughs> and then it, it was funny. His, his dynamic, you know, long story short, it was like they were, you know, whatever. And, and they tried to talk some junk to him and he kind of made it known like, this is not going to be that, you know, be careful who you talk about. And you know, blah blah blah. And then you know, I know how he is sometimes, and I happen to look up there because we were talking. And I guess he, the, the, the guy in front of him, thought I was talking to him. I Man, he ain't talking to you <laughs> like that. And so, that same guy who had all this racist, wild stuff to say, now trying to be my buddy's friend, I'm like, oh, you know him, I'm like, wait a minute, it's the same guy and team who you were just talking, you know, your junk about. So, yeah, it was the playoffs one
0: year. Yeah, it's so. just- it's the same people who will, you know, be in your DMs and your mentions talking about how bad you are. But if they see you on the street, they'd hey, be like, oh, my, my man. God, it's Carter. Yeah. Can I get a picture? I'm such a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did the lady get ejected? The The racist lady?
1: Yeah. Trainer, I, I'm not going to say the name, but he made sure. He, he wasn't going to stop until she was removed. The, you know, they were removed. And he was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. He's oh, like, I don't man. know her. Yeah, I'm not with her. Winging It is brought to you by FanDuel. We're teaming up with FanDuel again this football season, but we've got something new this time around. All season long, you can play the free Ringer Mega Contest on FanDuel. Here's how it works. Just pick five NFL games against the spread, including one double-down pick. Get one point for every correct pick and two, if you hit your double-down pick. FanDuel will add up your score every week. Just finish in the top 100 on the season-long leaderboard to make the playoffs and compete for a share of $25,000. It's that simple. Play the Ringer Mega Contest for free every week, only on FanDuel. Go to fanduel.com backslash megacontest to make your picks today. That is fanduel.com backslash megacontest.
0: Moving on to the H-Town Lou. Why did y'all rob Steve Francis in the dunk contest back in 2000?
1: Next. Because he didn't get robbed. He didn't get robbed. <laughs> he got beat.
0: Um, this next question, I cannot pronounce this name, and I feel like there's a cuss word in there secretly, but it starts with an F, and he wants to know, who was Vince's favorite Raptor teammate, and why was it Mo Pete?
1: <laughs> so he answered it for me.
0: No, but for real, if, if you can pick one, who was your a few of your favorite teammates?
1: Alvin Alvin Williams was one of them. Um, great teammate. Muggsy Bose, Oakley. And, you know, for, for different reasons. I mean, all of these guys I'm naming for, for a lot of different reasons. You know, Oakley was a, a huge supporter and a mentor and a guy who kind of got me where I needed to be as far as, like, a young guy trying to be a star in the league and carry the team. And then there's T-Mac. I I chose to name him last because he was the guy that I definitely relied on for information how this business works as a young guy, as a player. And, I mean, obviously, we we had pretty darn good chemistry, Uh, good times, you know, having a family member, you know, your cousin on the same team professionally, and getting better than that.
0: Okay, I'm moving to Instagram. This question comes from someone whose name starts with an A, and they want to know if you could pick one. Who would be the single most influential player in your career? I feel like we just had this conversation.
1: So I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to answer like this. It's impossible to pick one single person uh, who, who would be the most influential for this reason. 22 years of of playing this game, you know, it, there's guys who got you started, uh, who, who spit game to you, who helped you, taught you how to play this game, how to be a pro, how to survive in, in the league and and back in the day it's totally opposite than it is now. You walk into an NBA locker room now, you see one you, you see two vets, that's that's doing it. Well, walking into the locker room in 1998 to two, it, through the 2000, you'll see a team full of vets and maybe two rookies. Three rookies at the most, you know? So it's just different. And it's it's kind of hard to say who's what because they're, you know, as I Began to become uh, the the older player that one of the older players in the league. You're learning how to deal with that. You're learning how to be a vet and still do what you need to do. And so, so there were other people, or there were veterans or players that I seeked out uh, to kind of gain knowledge and gain to me again. So that it's kind of hard to pick one person over 22 years because I utilize all my resources. I'll say that. And every team that I played for had one or two people that I would talk to for different reasons. Uh, you know, what I mean, I'm not talking to just, about just players. I mean, coaches, some people, staff members who worked around, you know, just different things. We had different conversations about a lot of things. So it's I, for me, it's hard because I, I I hated not knowing uh, the answer to things. So I ask questions. I always ask questions. So, you know, I, I built – uh, rep, uh, rapport with a lot of people that I could rely on, account on for a lot of things. So I knew if I had this type of question, who to go to? If I knew I had this type of question t- pertaining to whatever it may be, I knew who to go to. Still do. I mean, you know, like I said, like I talked about, you know, I, I can now add someone like Kobe, which I never would have thought of, but right. for the end, end of my career, he was somebody, I, I obviously you were there for it. I had a conversation with him, was going to have further conversations on transitioning into where I am now in retirement and accepting and going through it. And then, you know, obviously Dirk. And I, I ended up having a conversation with D-Wade, you know, but I, I wanted to be guys who, you know, who, who's played this game a long time. Paul Pierce was going to be another guy that I talked to because I know him from a forbear a very long time.
0: Okay, let's roll through some of these final questions before we close. Yes or no, would you ever take a front office job with the Raptors?
1: As, as of right now, no. And I'll say because it's just something. Let me let me let me explain that because you know when you just say no, you know people get start assuming. It. But no, let me say the reason I, I say as of right now, no. Uh, I mean, one thing that I wanted to do is is you know to 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 broadcast or be an owner of a team. You know, and, and I doesn't have to not majority. I'm I'm not in that bracket. But I just felt like I I could help a team. So at some point, you know, maybe down the line that can that can happen. But. That's kind of where my, my, I'm not going to say dreams, but that's, at some point, that's where I'm, I'm, my focus would be as far as for a team. It, will that ever happen? Maybe not.
0: Okay, next question is, what was the worst part of Continental Airlines Arena?
1: It was so big to where you the fans, if outside of the lower bowl, the, the first 10, 12, let's say first 20 rows, sometimes it felt like, man, is anybody else in here, you know? <laughs> We had a pretty solid team where our um you know we were winning and, and, and there definitely were fans in there, but the the way the arena was just set up, you just didn't know <laughs> if your fans were in there or not.
0: <laughs> Shane J. Collins on Instagram said, Oh, this is true. AI called you a top five dancer in GQ, which by the way, I did not know. So I feel like I've been conned. Um I didn't know that over- either.
1: I'm still learning. Whatever. Like, what the heck? Like, where does it? I don't even. Here's here's a go ahead. Finish.
0: The question is, would you ever do Dancing with the Stars? But like, I feel like I've lived a lie, not knowing that you're a good dancer.
1: No. So the funny thing, I don't even, I don't even know where AI got this from. And I'm gonna ask him when I see him. Like, bro, where do you get this from? This what? Where do you get this from? Maybe it was. I guess it was something in the summer, 20 years ago. We played it. We played in, we played in a, a couple of charity games years back. I, I mean. Obviously people see the video. Um, but I don't know where you got that from. Like what? I heard that. I was like, is this real? I didn't think that was real. I didn't think it really came from him. And I was like, I just couldn't think of where might he have assumed that.
0: I love it. Manny, something with a G wants to know, what was your favorite playoff series you played in?
1: My favorite playoff series for me would be, um, no, I'm just kidding. I was about to say something wild, like way out. <laughs> uh, definitely, you know, my my uh, battle with AI, Sixers Rafters in 2000, um, 2001. That was epic. It was fun to play in. And it's funny. You knew that you had to, uh, you know, to bring it. And, and every game you're like, man, I got to tighten up. AI just dropped 50, <laughs> 50 something. <laughs> I got to tighten up. But it was fun. I mean, it, you you don't. Uh, I didn't look at it as a pressure situation. I mean, obviously, it's just the pressures of the game and everything. And you know, we as athletes tend to put more pressures on, our, on ourselves than we probably should do. But I tell you, um, he he brought out the best of me in that series, and and I like to feel like I brought out the best in him because I mean, when you know, I did what I had to do, he did what he had to do, and it was just back and forth and back and forth and tell you man that was it right there that was fun it was it felt like i mean and, and I, I, i'm i gonna say you know I, I said it on tv uh watching jamal murray and watching um donovan mitchell and that it, it and watching that series kind of reminded me of that um
0: so literally the next to, second to last question it says in the 2001 conference semis against philly you put up and so it's Comparing you to that situation, which is ironic, but continue. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it was this. Uh, just watching that, uh, I said on first take to Stephen A. and Max, I said that series when they both it was it was right after they both scored fifty in the same game. I said that gave me that that Sixers Raptors seven games you score 40 no i'm gonna score 50 okay well i'm gonna score 50 well i'm gonna score 50 okay well i'm gonna score 35 40 whatever it gave me that vibe i mean they were taking it to a unreal level and i just know just watching it you know i was a fan i was a fan i wanted i wanted to see game 7 go down like that another game uh, 7 tonight uh, which by the another way another 50 50 ball like 40 50 ball, i wanted to see it like that but
0: yeah yeah well I'll jump to this next question then, because speaking of that, so this person, Trey Malik Cruz, you know what I just said, that you put up three 30-point games and one 50-point game, but you lost in the series. Having this experience, can you empathize with Donovan Mitchell's headspace right now, and do you have any words of advice for him going forward?
1: Um, I mean, I, I do, but I will share that with him more so than with anyone else. Uh, I'm not That's not kind of not my thing. Uh, and if he chooses to share it publicly, that's his business. But I, I get it. I get it. Um, I missed the the last shot. You know, I remember flying back to Toronto that night, and I went straight to the gym and knocked and, and shot that same shot seven times, ten times, or whatever until I you know made it a couple of times. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, I can make this, which I know I can. It's just you know, it was kind of reassurance for myself. Um, so, kind of seeing the disappointment and how it played out is it's just crazy. You know, Mike's shot was kind of in and out. Mine would, mine hit back rim, but it was kind of in and out and kind of had that like deflation. It's like, golly. And I, and I know for him, what he's going through is just, there's always a what if, what if I held the ball out a little bit, maybe what if, when I split the defense, if I kept the ball a little close, all of these things you play and you just kind of try to answer those questions and, you know, I would tell him hold your head. You know, one thing I will say that I can, you know, sh- that I will share is that I would tell him to hold his head up high because he entertained a lot of people, and uh, you know, and and nobody's going to fault him um, for that effort, man. Not only, and not only did he put up an average of thirty seven point four points. I sound like I know the actual number. I know it's thirty seven. You Probably do. You probably had it on Snapchat right. earlier. <laughs> you know that he put up thirty seven a game. He took the challenge of, of guarding Jamal Murray, who was the hottest man in the bubble for the last week and a half. And he took that challenge, and you can see him gassed and tired. But, you know, it was great to see.
0: Okay. B Wit 1989 said, I remember watching BC in the third grade, and now I'm 30. No question, just amazed. Thank you. <laughs> Kevin 248 wants to know what was Jason Kidd's leadership like when playing in New Jersey.
1: J Kidd's leadership was kind of unique because he was vocal when he needed to be. He led by example. He he got when he when he would walk into <laughs> when he would walk into a huddle and he had something to say, you perked up like, you know, sometimes he'd come to you individually and say something or pull two guys together like and he you know, I, I don't know well as a kid when we played football in the street you didn't have the playbook or whatever so you just go and you draw it on the chest you go back here whatever he'd come up to me like hey you just right on your chest and be like just go here and when i look go away you go back door over mm-hmm. there okay you go back door there and the ball is there like it was i mean it was amazing i, I it, you, not i don't want to say i took it for granted but it was kind of amazing seeing Watching me learn him because when I first got there, you, you know, I played, I played with them in like, the Olympics and all that. But it was a different, it was just different playing during the season, you know, and kind of learning how he operated and how he made the game easy for for guys. And I was like, oh, I just got to do this. So you just take his ability, my ability to score, you know, because coming from Toronto. I had the ball in my hands to get buckets.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Coming there, you just had to get in position. Yeah. He threw you the ball like the the hard it, it, well, for some would, th- would think the hardest part is is over. You know, you I, I, getting to where you can get a shot off. I mean, he made it to where he got us the ball, you just gotta shoot it and make it.
0: Yeah. That
1: was easy. So playing with JK was kind of was unreal. You know, it was, it was, it was fun. He made the game easy and, you know, watching him, he didn't, he, like I said, he didn't, he led by example more so than his voice until he had something to say. And it was fun. It was easy. He made, like I said, it was fun. He got a lot of people paid. I mean, that he got some guys paid that, you know, you wouldn't think should be paid.
0: All right. A few more from Instagram, the colleagues, shout out.
1: Colleagues. I'm not answering this.
0: The colleagues on Instagram, shout out KP. Which is better, Mystical Here I Go or The Man Right here? Uh,
1: So, Mystical's Here I Go is my all time, one of my all time favorite songs.
0: Can you say the title of the next one?
1: The Man Right Chia.
0: The Man the Right, man right, Chia. right
1: here. Chia. Like Chia Pet. Chia.
0: So, Here I Go is yeah, the answer. For sure. Shout out yeah. KP. What up, um, KP? Mark N. 232 said, any chance you want to or are interested in coaching at some point?
1: Uh, No, there's no um, burning desire to coach. Maybe down the line, I'll possibly do so. Nah, nah, there's no no interest. (laughs) Nah, Nah. not right now. Um, Like I say, uh, maybe some years down the line, possibly. I, I think the most out of me you could get right now is maybe a consultant to a team. And just kind of, kind of coach like that, but it's a, it's a huge commitment to be a, a full time coach, and I'm not ready for that.
0: No, it's a lot. <laughs> Might as well keep playing if you're going to do that. KJ Wright, my girl Kelsey wants to know, low key, how much did it hurt your inner elbow with that dunk? Did it hurt?
1: The arm and the rim thing obviously was something created that evening, that that night of the the contest, and. I was cons- I was a little nervous. I, I you know I tried to buy as much time and walk it walk my steps off to kind of figure out what how to go about it and how to be as safe as possible because I remember Coach Butch Carter before I left and he's like, look, I'm going fishing. I probably won't see the contest. Good luck, you guys go show out and represent us well, and don't break anything. <laughs> is what he said to me to us, to T-Mac and I. And I remember walking it off and I looked at the rim and I remember rubbing my arms like, don't fall off the damn rim. You know, because, it, you know, if I'm like, I'm holding on, so I got to make sure I just don't let go until my momentum, or my body weight, <laughs> this don't sound all extra, but it's transferred correctly because if I just go up there and come, and try to come down off the rim, you know, you can slip off because I'm sweaty and but yeah. all of this stuff. So, uh I was a little concerned. A little but, concerned. Did,
0: but it did not hurt.
1: So I was fine that night. No problems. I was just like, oh, okay, it worked out. The next morning, my uh bicep and my forearm was purple. Black and blue had turned purple and I couldn't bend my arm. Mind you, the all-star game is that, that night I had to ice it just to get the feel good enough to to play.
0: Um, okay. Anyway, we have two more questions, and then we'll be done. M J P I N I said, since the bubble is neutral court, is this the most legit title race ever, or will, will there be an asterisk?
1: An asterisk for what?
0: Like I don't, the I don't t- this title season.
1: I don't. But I'm saying, is asterisk for what? They're still playing basketball games. Yeah. So I don't. I don't see why is there an asterisk. I mean, I would love to hear that reasoning. You know, what because asterisk? they're playing on neutral court. I, I, mean, someone, I, don't I mean. Know. I mean. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't, I don't, I just think it is what it what it is. Everybody's playing on the same playing field. So there is no advantage. So it's now I got to beat you. It's mano imano. mano. Who's going to get it done? You or me, you know, that's so I feel like at the end of the day, you can't use your home crowd. You can't use your, um, your nightlife as an advantage. <laughs> you know, you can't use Miami <laughs> as an advantage. Right. Uh, you know, you know, so it's kind of like we have to beat you as a team. So I don't think uh, it definitely won't be an ask. Shouldn't should be uh, or even thought about in my opinion.
0: Okay, last question, this is for both of us, McNeil 32. What's the number one thing you both miss from before quarantine?
1: You go first, <laughs> cuz I'm lost.
0: Mine would be just, like, existing as a human being in this, like, in our world. Like, I miss, like, being at basketball games, and I miss talking to people, and I miss, like, like, now when I watch TV. But you talk to people. No, but, like, being close to people, like, hanging out with people, like, like, being at a crowded basketball game, like. When I watch a show that was filmed before COVID and like it's like a crowded bar, I get like anxiety because I'm like, oh my god, everyone's gonna get COVID. So, so like that's where my headspace is now. So I miss like not thinking that that everything is gonna give you COVID.
1: Yeah, see, and I you, don't sir? put myself, I don't put myself in those positions to even have to think about that. My my anxiety would have to be just walking into a check-in before to, to for your tea time. It's like, man, this. Man, it's crowded. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. For me, it's like I said. I guess just moving about as normal as possible. You know, this is gonna sound weird, but for 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 basketball, I mean, basketball for golf. Uh, you know, it's like you can't go to all of these other courses, the nice courses, because you know, at this point, it's just member only. And if you don't know anybody, you can't get on without a member, like stuff like that. Uh, other than that, I mean, it's just. Moving about uh, freely is kind of the thing you, you miss, I guess. Um, some of the new the, the new way of life I'm kind of accustomed to now, you know. So it's kind of like this is kind of how we have to operate. But you know, I think when things does get back to quote unquote normal, you just adjust again. So it's kind of I, I'm I'm to myself anyway a lot. I don't. I mean, I'm not a big go out person yeah. anymore. I'm not either. <laughs> so, so I don't, I mean, like the, going out to the nightclubs, I know like you want to go eat a, eat dinner or, or yeah. you know, just whatever, you know, in public without worrying about it and, and, and have zero concerns is kind of what I miss. You know, you just you want to move about as you choose without concern. That's what I miss. I It's more than anything.
0: Right. Well, that's a wrap for us for this edition of another mailbag with Mr. Vince Carter. You, yes, Thank sir. you guys so much for submitting questions. We appreciate it. Um, we'll try to maybe do these more often. If you guys have more questions for us, don't forget to let us know who you want to hear from on the winging it podcast. Mention us on Twitter. Let us know. Don't forget to.
1: Don't forget to give us five stars and
0: we will talk to you next time.